Welcome back to another episode of Sky U Pod. Um, I'm here with everybody. I'm back. Offers fall 26 to 14 to the Fighting Illini. Fellas, just gotta ask you why? Why? Why us? I don't understand. To me, this was one of the most troubling losses of the PJ Fleck era. And I'm not trying to be over dramatic. Still rooting us on the rest of the season. A lot of season left. You get to season where your two biggest rivals who have pretty much dominated the West in Iowa and Wisconsin. You get to a season where both of them at the same time are down and struggling. You've been that next team up that's been right there with them for the majority of their runs. Now here we are through week seven. We're out of the Big Ten West race basically already. And it's basically just down to Illinois and Purdue at this point. Um, what a massive, massive disappointment. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Illinois. They are a good team, probably the best team in the West. Even so, you could not have asked to catch Illinois at a better time in the schedule. They're coming off of back-to-back games against Wisconsin and Iowa. You are coming off a bye week. And to come out and look that flat, the biggest game, basically do or die for the Big Ten West Conference title, just major question marks for me going forward with this staff and this team as well. And um, I guess I'll leave it at that for now. What are you guys doing? Uh, yeah, it was an all-around poor effort by the Gophers. Um, I think, honestly, offensively and defensively. Um, and I think it is, it's got to be one of the worst, at least in the era since, you know, a cu- couple years ago during the COVID year. This has got to be one of the worst defensive performances. And I'll tell you why. Fourth downs. Fourth downs, the Illini converted every single fourth down that they had. Four for four on fourth downs. Um, nine drives, I'm reading. Six of them were scoring drives. The, the, the pass rush was non-existent against this team. And we said in last podcast, when, when you were doing your marriage counseling, all of us said that the pass, it has to be there in order for us to do something. Didn't do anything. Um, Vito pretty much torched our secondary, too. 252 passing yards, 78% completion. Um, beat up front, like I said. Chase Brown, 181 y- or 180 yards on 41 carries. Just couldn't stop it. Um, Let's start right there while we're talking about Illinois' passing attack, kind of. one. The first touchdown to, to Brown... Uh, I don't. They they throw to him all the time. They had already ran a real route to him on that drive. We're in what looks to be man coverage, and I don't know if it was Braylon Oliver just reacted late, or if he wasn't his guy to begin with. But whoever had him, I don't get how you don't instantly have eyes on him. It wasn't like some play action fake where they snuck him out of the backfield. He just ran a real route and was just wide open down the sideline for a touchdown. I don't get how you let that happen. They, they've ran that play all season long, and they had already ran it earlier in the drive. So that just, you weren't ready to go. Like you said, we let DeVito pick us apart. He looked like Bryce Young against us. I don't get how. It was pretty clear early on that we had to designate more bodies up front to get any sort of pressure on him. So that's fine. Like, you got to put guys in man coverage. That's completely fine. Like, do what you got to do. Make DeVito beat you. Make him throw the ball further than 10 yards to beat you because he proved it over and over again that he could do it. I don't understand why you're giving them these 
these ins on fourth and seven. They just constantly ran fake out in constantly. Sit inside, make the receivers run deep. If you get burned, so be it. But he proved over and over again that he can pick you apart. You got to change it up. But we just sat there in our, our 10 yards off the receivers and let them just convert these easy pitch and catches down the field. I don't know, it was so frustrating. I don't get how you don't... Like, I can understand the first couple of drives like that, but it's like, okay, DeVito's showing up. Time to, time to like, actually man up, press them at the line, and make them go past you. We never even really saw that. I hit a couple deep passes, but it, and those were more just play calls of taking shots deep than there was, like, oh, hey, let's do this now. It was just... It was awful. Yeah, that was I, going forward. I don't mean I still trust the defense as far as like you know if you got to trust somebody on this team. I do like the defense overall, but I don't get why you know we had talked about our secondary and how athletic they are, and it's like we didn't even put them in a great spot to succeed. It was man coverage, but a soft man, so we just gave up these easy slants and ins and outs that weren't really contested all day. So. That was frustrating to me. That was the most frustrating thing to me about the defense. And just like you mentioned, the lack of ability to get off the field. Well, um, when kind of looking at the offense and the defense relative to what I expect, I feel like I was more disappointed with how the defense played, which probably seems harsh. And you look at how bad the offense was, but I don't know. Illinois does have a really good defense. I'll give them that. Uh, we, we still did not play well at all. Tanner was not the tanner we needed um there's any positives mo looked you know it's great to have your best player back on the field he's just out there he still i don't know to me looked like he was maybe 95 percent. just didn't have that little bit extra kind of cut he only got the ball 15 times which was still like over 30 percent of our offensive plays um but yeah defensively you you hit it on the head spencer no pass rush we had zero sacks and zero qb hurries uh, you're thinking, okay, well, we're not going to bring the pressure because we're going to be solid in coverage. We had one pass defended. <laughs> so I don't know. I really don't know what else to say other than even even on their, their early quarterback sneak, we had like maybe five guys at the line of scrimmage. Like we had a safety deep on a fourth and short. Why are we not stacking? Like it was just things you just look at. You're like, what are we, hey, what are we doing? Like, why, why would you do that? Um, you talked about the wheel route touchdown. Kurt watching it back I still don't know it was almost like it was so bad I still don't know whether it was Nubin or Oliver's guy because both of them just ran to nothing yeah. <laughs> and then chase it down it was like well maybe both of you screwed up because it, it was just bad um 40 minutes Illinois had the ball for 40 minutes they just suffocated us beat us at our own game that way um they were in 17 third down situations and we they were only six of 17 on third down which is pretty good defensively but then Four for four, I think. Yeah, and fourth down, we just could not get off the field. Unbelievable. We, get the ball. we just did nothing with it. So, I don't know. Overall, just brutal. I would definitely say, like, compared to the Purdue game, I feel like Purdue, we lost. I, I'd i lean more towards we got beat. I think Illinois beat us this game just with their time of possession and how well their defense played, but we also did nothing to help ourselves. This is a much worse coaching game on our part than the Purdue game. Oh, terrible. It was, it was terrible coaching. Like, you just said it, Kurt. Like, how can you just keep giving those short chunk plays over and over and over again? At least let them make them go deep. Like you said, if they make uh, get a completion, so be it. But that's just 
to not adjust to that, I'm I'm kind of surprised that Rossi didn't adjust to something like that. You know, um, you know, you got a guy like Chase Brown when you're when you're a good back like that, one of the best in the country. You know, you're gonna you know that he's gonna make some yards, but and make plays, but to not adjust to anything is just dumbfounding. I couldn't believe that. Um, I don't know that I, I really do think that was one of the worst defensive games that I've seen, you know, since the COVID year, honestly. Pathetic. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how there can be any more PJ apologists. Like, don't get me wrong. We were very, I know it seems very dramatic, like a weird flip, but I mean, that's because everything was so in line that even we fooled ourselves to like, forget about Minnesota being cursed. It like we, we everything was in line. Wisconsin's weak. Uh, I was weak. There's no like weird little sleeper team like Maryland having a weird good year or anything like that. Northwestern's is down like one of those teams. It's just like the same run of the mill. It's either Purdue, Illinois, us. And we've usually been kind of the better one out of those three. And then Illinois comes up. We lose to Purdue. All right, we can take one loss. Then we lose to Illinois, and it was literally like they were just a better version of us. After a bye week. Hey, after a bye week. They, 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 don't get me wrong. I usually don't, don't care for that unless there's injuries and stuff, but I, I don't get it. I, it. There shouldn't be PJ apologists. This is his sixth year. He got beat by a coach who's been – how long has he been there again? I think we said well, – Year what, two. Uh, year two. But he's taken advantage of the year. PJ's best year was when he was had a bunch of recruits from uh, Tracy, our previous coach. I, it's frustrating. I'm not a fair weather fan. I'm still going to watch him. It pissed me off. Um, I just don't. Wow, I just sound depressed now. I was more angry before. Now I just sound like I'm whining. Um, but I just don't get. I don't get. It, it seems split. Like there's either that fair weather fan that's now just com- going to completely shut down, doesn't care unless we're hot, or there's the, these weird cultish apologists for everything they do. And I'm I've just, seen that where it's like if you're questioning how much wins we're going to get the rest of the year, you know, people are like, well, I'm still rowing the boat, blah, 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 blah. It's like, that's all great. That boat, all that stuff is just, it, it's just flash. It's, it's nothing. I've said this before. I said it when earlier when PJ was hired in, or in his earlier years, used cars or cars salesman. That's the vibes he gave me. And I, I feel like this just confirmed it. He hasn't done anything. He gets all this talk, all this media attention, more than any other coach, and nothing. I, I I really do. I think that Sam has a good point. Like, maybe that's, I don't want to say it like that, but maybe that's all he's good for is the media attention. And maybe that draws some recruits. But if you look back to Tracy Clays and Jerry Kill, we're getting the same output. I mean, we got to be honest. We got to be honest with ourselves. What year is this for PJ? Six? I mean, we have not broke that barrier, and it's the same story that we've been living. And I know that this is not over. I know that we're kind of being really down on it. Like we, hell, you know, I still think that the Gophers have the talent to win out. I don't. I'm not saying they will, but we all know that it's there. Um, Doesn't matter. But 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 with I don't know if like with the coaching that we have, I I don't that's possible. And yeah. The reason it's so dramatic, again, is because we've said it, or like you, you said, Spencer, it's dramatic, but like how we've all said it, this was the year. There was never a better yeah. year. Stars were aligned. We got a bunch of players back. We're the mo- I thought we were one of the most all-around better teams. Iowa and Wisconsin definitely aren't. And so it's yeah. like, all right, 
third year. It's the perfect time to sit there and attack and take advantage. Yeah. You want to be able to contend when it's not the stars are aligned. That's where everyone right. be. But the stars are aligned this year, so that should be the bare minimum. It's just so like you know, in years past, down. It, it's yeah. it's done. <laughs> it's like in, in years past, it seems like we have to claw and scratch and fight to make it to like the Big Ten championship coming out of the West. You know, I was always good. Wisconsin's always good. Northwestern's good here and there. You know, you can't knock Purdue. You can't knock Illinois, obviously. Sometimes Nebraska can give you a little fight. But this year, it just seemed, barring maybe a little improvement from Purdue, maybe, and obviously Illinois, that, like you said, Sam, this the stars were aligned. There was no fighting. There was no climb. It's the Big Ten. You still got to play your best football. I understand that. But it's it's just not what it has been for the past. It, it it's not what it has been in normal like as as far as I can remember. And that's what's really disappointing. You know, if you lose a game, I think Max, you had a good point. We lost against Purdue. We got beat by Illinois, truly. I think that ultimately, like, if you lose a game, that's fine. But if you just get the brakes beat off of you and you can't and there's literally nothing you can do and you just look purely inferior to a team, it's, it's, it's just really it's disappointing. That's the big problem. We've played two good teams the last two games. You lost both, which that already sucks. But then against Illinois, you're coming off a bye. They're coming off a tough stretch. And you're like gassed after quarter one. We just look, we looked like the team, they looked like the team that was coming off the bye. And we looked like we were trying to figure stuff out. I don't know what the offensive game plan was. I know we didn't have the ball a ton, but Mo was having success. It was just, was Michael Brown-Stevens the only guy we could target in the passing game? I don't really understand that. So that was game plan on offense. I don't, I, I don't even, I really don't know what it was. Mo was great, like we said. Uh, he averaged over eight yards a carry, which I never would have guessed. I was going into Illinois. And if you were to tell me we did, I would have thought we won. But I'm going to say something very harsh, and this is not this player's fault. I hope we are done seeing Tanner play. I thank him very much for his... You know, he was a great gopher quarterback. Uh, hope he gets healthy. At this point, what's the point of having him out there? Might as well get ready for the next year. Well, you might as well play the talented young kid and just let him get experience. Because I agree, like, you're not in control of the West right now. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to roll Tanner out there. You know what you're going to get with him. And Tanner just stopped getting better. He, he didn't – there's no improvement he made from last year to this year other than having his offensive coordinator – with like and being comfortable with like he's in a system that better suit him but he i didn't think he was better at anything than we'd seen previously from him he's a six-year senior that doesn't stop bad things from happening and that drives me nuts because you don't have to be good at all to have that quality as a six-year starter just compounds mistakes he knew this you guys talked about this the coaches talked about this this was going to be a limited possession game given how both offenses and defensive play running the ball trying to control the clock moving the ball that first series of the game and i know they brought the pressure and our offensive line didn't pick it up well and it was right in tanner's face but it, it was first and 10 on like what the 35 maybe 40 yard line and he's gonna fade off his back foot and float a ball down the field i 
Yes, Michael Brown Stevens has to go up and challenge for it. That's something he like has never done, but that is what he, we you gotta hope that he does. But you know, Ryan Burns, who I you know has all the ends, he does a great job. I could not, I could not believe his point he was making about well, given the pressure, you know, for a college quarterback, I'm just happy the throw got anywhere in the vicinity. That was a terrible decision to throw that football in the be- the first place. A six-year senior should see that that play is dead. Just eat the sack and try and survive to the next play. You're close enough to, even if you don't get the first down, maybe you get a field goal out of the situation. And it's a 7-3 game and a game you're expecting to be a low-scoring slugfest. Like, just throwing it up like, like that on first down, that was just like, I texted it in. And I know it's harsh, but I- I've seen enough of Tanner. It's just the plays he makes. He did it against Purdue, too. There was pressure in his face. He sees the guy rushing. He tries to roll out, and he fires a pass low enough to, that the guy rushing him still tips it up and ends up as an interception. He just he doesn't stop bleeding. He compounds yeah. it. He's under When he's under pressure, he's very shaky. And I, I don't know. There's no amount of reps he's going to see that gets that out of there. I'm ready to move on to Ethan. I know Ethan didn't make a huge difference once he did get in there, once Tanner went out hurt. Um, this wasn't Tanner's fault. The receivers got no separation. Uh, I, I don't know how you don't scheme more things for Daniel Jackson. I know you target him a couple times and you got him the ball once, but, I mean, Michael Brown-Stevens got thrown the ball at him like 10 times. Uh, I don't I don't know how Daniel Jackson is in a bigger emphasis. Or Dalen Wright. We talk about him all the time. We're down by two scores there at the end. We finally target Dalen Wright, and he drives a P.I. call. It's like, well, maybe you should have taken more shots down the field to him to begin with. Uh, it just... Granted, part of the reason is that we didn't have the ball that long, but it was just, it's so bad all around. And I'm not trying to attack Tanner. He was not the biggest problem. It's, it's the coaching, though. Yeah. I, you got it, Sam. It, it does uh, just, I was just going to agree. Like, yeah, it does sound harsh to say, like, hey, like, I'm done seeing Tanner. He's been this quarterback for us that we haven't really had in a while, and he's done a lot of good things for us in the program. I appreciate that, but at the same time, you got to cut your losses at some point and kind of prepare for things. That's just how it goes. I feel bad saying that because I really do like Tanner. I still do, but it's just time. It's it like just, a, yeah. an old yeah. NFL quarterback that just keeps wanting to go out on the field like a Brett Favre situation where you love him <laughs> for that stuff, but like, time to go to greener pastures, buddy. Go on. <laughs> yeah. He's just... We, we bring him back because I think that he – I agree with Kurt. Like, at the beginning of the year, I know when we end on a podcast there, we hear that he's coming back. And, I mean, we accept him because, you know, we have a chance at making the Big Ten quarter – or the Big Ten championship. And with those chances, you don't want to have something you're unfamiliar with. So you kind of have a little assurance there. But now that's pretty much – gone why not just check out a young quarterback there see what they can do develop him for next year and and go from there um kurt you said it before tanner's probably one of the best gopher quarterbacks we've seen in recent memory um i appreciate what he's done but we have not seen improvement since 2019 hell we've seen vast a dramatic drop i think from that season and Like you said, as a six-year QB, you can't make bad decisions. I do think that Brown Stevens' fault because you got to go up to get that. But it's true; it was a it was a collective effort. Pressure on the quarterback, I, bad on the offensive line, bad throw, bad 
bad on the receiver, just bad offense. It's, I, that decision to me, I, I don't even, and it is, I guess I just expected more from Tanner. I'm not saying Michael Brown Stevenson's the blame, but it's like, I, I could not, watching him huck that up, I was like, you gotta be, before it was even picked, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, why are you just heaving this ball on first down, down the field? I, it, I don't know. It was, it was frustrating. It, it I, that Brown Steve, if it's a good ball, it looked like he had him beat by a step or two. Um, but you know, obviously Tanner didn't get a good got throw. I know off. Tanner's got to know his arm, and right, did he really think it's gonna get there? Open it like that? I, I just, I think yeah. it, I saw. I thought it was a brutal play, right? And just given the lack of chances we had with the football, it it kind of sticks out. Failure on offense goes back a few years now, though. If we're gonna be honest about it, not taking advantage in recruiting of receivers after the 2019 season haunts this team drastically. You're not getting separation right now with the guys out there, now that Crab's hurt. I mean, the guys that we've brought in since 2019, we lit it up, haven't been dudes. At least they haven't collectively played how they were supposed to. I don't know if the COVID year really messed up the development. And then we went so run heavy. I get that it's tough to recruit because receivers want to go where they're, you know. I mean, you just saw receivers leave Iowa for, for Purdue this past year, and they're going to go where they get past the football a lot. But just the lack of ability to, to fill the void of, of uh, and you don't need a first rounder in, in Bateman. I mean, just getting more crabs. Like, crabs a great college football receiver, but you can't have anybody like, close to his level after he's gone your passing offense is just dead like that's just a failure on your recruiting and development and you have a head coach who played in the nfl as a receiver i just don't get it oh that that's the two biggest problems with this team this year is the lack of passing offense and um lack of pass rush those are the those are the two killers for this season but i just i just have questions going forward with the coaching staff I just don't know. Like, if not this year, I don't. You can't ask for a better year. Um, and maybe we do have guys on the roster that are developing now, and not saying we won't have good years under PJ in the future. But no other coaching goal for history had this opportunity like this. You had your six-year guy back at quarterback. Yeah. You got back your stud offensive coordinator that you wanted. You have a veteran enough defense, and you filled in some nice players through the portal to fill uh, spots on both lines. It just came out so flat not able to adjust and it there's just a lack of urgency there was no urgency last game at all uh, it's like they didn't understand the largeness of the opportunity in front of them so uh, just disappointing lots of questions from me but stop complaining let you guys add anything else if you have anything no i mean it, it really is coaching and it, it's that's what's disappointing because it makes you question can he get over the hump? Can PJ get these teams over the hump? And if not, what are we doing? And just the whole thought of a rebuild, we know how that is. And we know how I'm not saying, okay, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm not saying like fire PJ, you know, yeah. but constant eight and four seasons. Like it, I mean, I don't know, especially where, where college football is heading. You know, and I know a lot of us feel some type, you know, away. We all certainly feel some type, you know, we kind of don't like where it's heading with 
you know, the whole semi-pro kind of thing and kind of a loss of college football. But at the end of the day, if that's where football's transitioning especially, and even without that, we want to see wins. If we're going to pay you an exorbitant amount of money to not just you but to your players and to a program and that money's just that pool of money is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger why are we just going to be satisfied with 8 and 4 7 and 5 8 and 4 8 and 4 whatever whatever at at some point you know we have to take a look at that and be like we're not improving at all i mean believe it that man is going to take his team to the Big Ten Championship in his year second two. year. Illinois. Illinois. He hasn't had all that time to recruit like oh. his players like PJ has. That is insane to me. The fact that it, I, that just tells you it's coaching. If yeah. PJ has these guys ready to play, I'm just saying, I, I think he's recruited a lot of good I think that he has. But I don't know how he knows how to coach it. I think I know I'm kind of going off tangent here. If Jerry Kill has this has these players, we might not have a diverse offense that's great, but we win games that we should win. He's gonna get us the win. And hell, if he had this opportunity, we're going to the Big Ten championship. That's that's how I really feel. I know that's off tangent, but I just have to get that off my chest. Like PJ is not looking like the guy. When you always blow, when you when you beat a good team in a year, but you lose to like these these soft teams that you shouldn't lose to or have a close game to these soft teams, that is coaching at its finest. You just don't have your team ready to play. I think that he's more of his his mentality, like this row the boat mantra and all these little, you know hyper and elite and all this other stuff and i think that's okay for a culture but like have your guys ready to play don't just focus on those little culture points like have them ready as a coach have them ready to play a football game frustrating thing about this too that i think is adding to some of our reaction is you kind of alluded to it spencer Yes, UCLA and USC are on their way here. I'm sure other teams will be joining them. And it's not that we're scared of them, but these divisions are going to go away very soon, and we all know that. You don't think it's going to be used in recruiting by Iowa and Wisconsin? Hey, in Northwestern, hey, list, we won the, at least we won the West when it was a thing. We were there in the Big Ten Championship game. We were there in the Big... You have to get those appearances in while you can, because... It's just about to be pods, and you don't know the outlook of how it's going to look. Like, you want as many bullets in the chambers you can get for as far as recruiting purposes. And now you have your best year probably ever to get there, given the layout of the West. And, yeah, Purdue and Illinois felt the same thing. But guess what? Here we are this early into the season. They're the only ones left still competing for it. We're not even around in the conversation as much as we usually are this for for this thing. So... It's just that's what's so frustrating about this because they're they're going to get rid of the West versus East. It's not official, but that's what they're going to do. And there's just going to be the top two teams, and there's just not going to be a lot of years where you're the second best team uh, going into face Ohio State or Michigan or whatever. It's usually going to be those teams, I'm sure, um, in the future competing for the Big Ten championship. But yeah, I didn't even think of that, Kurt, and that is actually really sad. You know, we want to, but. We want the Rose Bowl. We're not asking. 
for the uh, playoffs. Right. This setup that the Big Ten had made that possible for you again. Well, I don't know now because you're gonna need you're gonna need if you needed help in this format that you couldn't get it done. I don't know how you're gonna get it done now with more teams competing and less of a stepping path to that game. I I just don't see how it's gonna be done under this coaching staff, but. And that sounds really depressing. Uh, that is Max, really did we, depressing. Did we talk over you. Is there anything you wanted to add? I guess respect to the the coaching point. Um, and this isn't uh, like a direct comparison. I think PJ is a way better coach than a Scott Frost, but it's kind of that similar thing where it doesn't. You know, you can have all the talent, you can have all the hype, but if your guys aren't out there ready to go, we saw what happened. Like you're going to show up and get beat by Northwestern in a game. You're a, a 10 point favorite in like, I don't know. And I don't know what it is. You know, we're not in the locker room, you know, PJ to the media will say a lot of words, but you know, he says so much with saying so little. So it's really hard to tell like what he's thinking or where his mind's at and kind of what, who who knows? Like, you know, we're not, like I said, we're not there, but you watch college football enough. And like, you, you see teams with certain coaches that you just know what they're capable of good or bad. And it's like, Okay, we've seen it enough, and we've seen you know when we've been good, like the 2019 year, we got on, a, we started off okay, then we got on a roll, and then we just kind of fizzled out at the end. This year, it's like we started off so hot against terrible competition, but it's like okay, this feels a little bit different. And these last two games have just been like, nope, can't win on homecoming, can't win after a bye, can't even. And it's not even like winning and losing; it's like we didn't even look like competitive. Like there was no. Yeah. Oh, like if we would have just caught that pass at the end or if we would have just, you know, got that interception or we missed a kick. Like, no, it was like it never felt like it was in hand. You, you kind of get a you feeling. You had 30 like passing the first yards in a college football game in 2022. How does that happen? Yeah. Our I don't know. Receivers... Fact, I'm pretty sure Iowa had more passing yards against Illinois than that. I, <laughs> right. I don't even have to look at it. But and you just got the blueprint how to slow down Illinois from Iowa the week before. I know DeVito got hurt that game, but still, like, geez, right. I don't get it. You just had the lack of answers, the lack of coming out with just a killer game plan. I just, there's too many yeah. times where we're out coached against teams that we should be extremely competitive against. And it just, like, two ranked teams now when we've lost by double digits to both. So, yeah. Yeah, it just feels like we're just a team that they're they're never going to, you never see them like just take a shot. Like we never just throw the deep ball or we never come up. We, yeah, like you said, like Illinois, Illinois wants to like pound the ball, pound the ball. How, like we never really stacked the box. Like I I went back and watched like on all the third downs where it's like obvious passing situation. A few times we would line up with six on the line of scrimmage and then rush three. We re ran maybe two stunts. Like, we just, we're just like, all right, we're going to show pressure and drop in coverage. We're going to show pressure and drop in coverage. Well, this time, we're going to line up with four on the line, and we're going to bring four straight ahead. Like, we don't have the guys up front. You can just do that and, like, just let them loose after the quarterback. Like, you got to you gotta do something. Illinois figured it out. They ran a stunt, and look what happened. <laughs> oh, and, and we're not – we acknowledge that Purdue and Illinois – are good teams, we get that, but word coaches tell us, looking at paper, it looks like we should be a pretty good team too this year, comparatively in the West, and it's just not My, working out. To go on Max's point about how we don't have good enough 
D-line. I feel like that's also a big indicator on whether your team's going the right way when they have depth at, like, kind of that front seven. Like, you see teams like Penn State's kind of that team. They always have a good depth, and they're always, like, I'd say they're a level up from us where they want to compete. Um, Iowa, Wisconsin always has a good front seven. We we had a decent one with kind of Rush and uh, Boy Hey Mafe, but uh, we, we never – there's no consistency. There's no depth. There's no – our, our line just failed. Like we finally had a good old line these past couple of years, but we never had the front or on the D line like totally up to par. I will say, uh, thank you for mentioning the offensive line. I know they weren't great. I thought the offensive line, like the least problem we had really, besides Mo on the offensive side of the ball, we opened up running holes. Um, that's the best defensive front you're probably going to face this season because you're not going to go play Michigan or Pe- uh, or Ohio State. Um, yeah, and there were times where Tanner was standing there with the ball, but there's just nobody open. So I just I, – I don't know they sacked him. Um, it's a good front. Uh, I, I just – I thought – anyway, especially after what we saw against Purdue, I thought, I thought the offensive line had a slight bounce-back game. Um, still room to improve. Uh, it's, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough to pass block when they're blitzing and knowing that you have to throw, and I felt like that showed through. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. Was I too was I too harsh on Tanner? I don't know, but I, I'm just ready. I'm ready to move. I'm ready to move on. Let him stop. He's a married man now. Like it's not and, like you should be happy if you're like going off on Tanner saying he's a pile and he's no good or anything. And no. then then you're wrong. But if you're saying like. About that time. <laughs> I was like, not happy to see him get hurt or anything. No, of course yeah. not. But, like, I mean, he's a six-year quarterback. The least you can do is not make mistakes. Oh. Man, be a game manager. Be a game manager. A good game manager. Just try and move the ball. Don't turn the ball over. Oh. Like, instead of, like, go, running for the first down and just being two yards short and getting a this to the head just go down and just cut the ball i don't know like so when i see tanner run i, I applaud the effort i know this is, <laughs> well, i applaud the effort did, but like did that's I the frustrating thing that's the first down or something or like just get don't don't go head first diving <laughs> did I, was that... short of the down and get knocked out was that this game or last game that I said, like, Tanner looks like whenever he slides, like, he's trying to maximize, like, injury while minimize yardage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, literally. It might have been Purdue. Just, I, I, I he dives headfirst two <laughs> yards short and gets knocked out. It's like, dude, it's, come on. I appreciate the effort. It's just. He, I do, yeah. What makes it frustrating with Tanner is that he is not the most gifted athlete. So it's kind of. You know, it's kind of annoying to see that side of him come up, I guess is the best way to put it. But I'm just ready to see the younger guys that with the bigger arms, more mobility, get their shot at this point. Um, not Tanner's fault. Nothing in that game was necessarily Tanner's fault fully. He had a share in it, of course. But I, you know, I don't get, I blame the, again, I blame the coaching more than anything for this past game. I don't know how the receivers aren't getting open at all. Scheme something. I don't, I don't even know. The offense was really tough to judge also just because they were barely on the field. But it's just... And Mo played well. So it's it's such a weird... Maybe we should have given it to him literally every single play. Because that's that's all that we really had. I don't know. All right. Um, 
There's games left this year, and we go to Happy Valley uh, this this coming Saturday. Uh, night game, white out. Game, you know, you win out, some help, never know. Um, schedules of Purdue and Illinois don't give me a ton of hope that we're still in this, but you never know. It's college football. Weird things can happen. Um, Penn State is coming off of a major major loss at the hands of Michigan um I, I lost the score I don't have the score it was a lot to a little and, and uh they gave up over 400 yards rushing how are we feeling about this game coming up here fellas <clears throat> well I think that you just kind of touched it up touched on it already Kurt um they lost 41 to 17 against Michigan you. um I think Michigan's a great team but um you know how do I just in general or like in, on one side of the ball specifically <laughs> in general? Well, um, let's start out on their offense. Sean Clifford, he's like Tanner Moore. So oh, hurt, you know by the I, way, got hurt, oh, I should say. Hurt? So both is him and Morgan's, both him and Morgan's status is up in the air at this point. Up in the air. So let's just assume that they're both playing. Both are six year quarterbacks. Both are not that guy. Like I said, they're kind of just game managers. The thing is about Sean Clifford, though, he will run the ball. He he will um, probably a little more effectively than Tanner. Um, the thing about Penn State is they have talent. Um, they have – I think they have some good receivers. Um, they have that transfer for Western Kentucky, Mitchell Tinsley. He's probably their best receiver. Um Got good running backs, the freshman Singleton. The fresh Singleton. The freshman, he, uh, yeah, yeah, the true freshman. He's pretty good, Nick Singleton. Um, I mean, they have athletes. Their front's probably good too. Um, defensively, the problem is defensively, their secondary is very good. It might be one of the best secondaries that we're playing. Um, Last I checked, they led the Big Ten in pass breakups. So they just yeah. get in your face. They make they make you beat them uh, uh, on the field with your receivers uh, until Michigan. But I don't think our O line's on the same caliber as as Michigan. Exactly. So. And our, I don't know if our receivers are either. Um, no. And our quarterback. So like that's a, so they gave up a lot of rushing yards to. Um, um, Michigan, I mean, 418 total rushing yards Michigan had. We have Mo. We know that he's one of the top backs in the Big Ten. So he's certainly capable of running the ball. But I do think that, and we saw it this last game against Illinois, we're probably going to need a balanced attack, passing and running. And being that we obviously cannot throw the ball, I think it might be a little tough because – if I'm Penn State, I'm selling out on defending the run. I'm going to challenge Minnesota to throw the ball um, and beat us through. I would have them beat me through the air, so I'm going to make them run the ball. Even though we can probably make plays on the ground, I think Millie went through Lyon Tanner and our receivers. Yeah, that's kind of just thinking. It, just think, it feels like Penn State, you know, us and Penn State, both being on the west and the east, were. We're sort of, you know, in our own divisions a little bit in the same scenario, just that we're kind of, we've been that, that third team. Um, I think Penn State's obviously been a lot better in the last few years than us. Um, just, I mean, that's kind of a given. There's a lot bigger program. Um, yeah. But 
it feels like just situationally, you know, both teams are kind of in the same spot where we're coming off a loss, banged up quarterback. Um, you know, we've lost to Penn State. I, I mean, they they only beat Northwestern seventeen to seven. Uh, and then prior to that, they beat Central Michigan thirty-three to fourteen, which that's a bad two and five MAC team. Um, so Penn State, I mean, they are five and one. They're getting a lot of love. I mean, they're they're a solid team, but it does feel like this is kind of the game that we make. We might learn, you know, is Penn State for real? Are they going to bounce back and kind of really show that they are that good? Or are we going to step up and show that, you know, maybe we're not as bad as the last two games have, you know, played out? Um, I don't know. I We need to turn a lot of things around. But in a way, you know, maybe we just bottomed out and now we kind of regress back towards the mean a little bit. Maybe we start playing back to our potential. Uh, it is being a night game, the whiteout. Hopefully we get a little bit of a spark from our team. Um, you could try to use the excuse that, you know, the 11 a.m. game in Champaign-Urbana is a little bit tricky to wake up for. But I don't know. It's, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm at the point in the season, like previous Gopher seasons, where it's like, I, it's just a week-by-week basis. We'll see what team shows up, um, whether Tanner's playing quarterback or Ethan. Um, I would be excited to see a new quarterback just, like, Nothing against Tanner, but we've seen him at his very best. He's a we have a dual threat four star as a backup. Like I just let's be. Yeah, I think it's okay to be honest. Uh, we're just excited to see what he can do on a full game basis because it's tough to just step yeah. in as we saw. Um, looking at the mindsets of just the, each team, I I I don't know. And if if we're going by what PJ says, or then we're we feel the same as we do. No, at the start of the year, like I, I just he just leads it on that we're just like a game by you know week by week basis with this team of how we approach each week, and um, you know I hope I hope there's some fire to be fighting for your Big Ten West survival as far as making it to the Big Ten championship at the end of the year. I don't hear a lot of talk about that or anything from PJ, and I listened to the press conference so. No, and not not that we don't care. It's just like it's just like they don't talk about it in that sense. Maybe I I don't know, but I know Penn State talks about their goals and just picked up their first loss of the year. They have Ohio State after us. They put us at the night game or uh, at the whiteout to purposely not overlook us, and that they only have one loss and still get to play Ohio State and control their destiny kind of that way, I would expect to see a very motivated Penn State team here Saturday night, given um, Tyler just kind of got embarrassed in the big house. But, um, you know, they're going to be expecting us to run the football, so I'm curious to me. I think that's the matchup is how effective we run against them. Obviously, like Spencer said, it's going to take a balance attack, but if you get Mo going... And uh, they don't have a lot of answers like they didn't against Michigan. That's where I think this game can get kind of interesting. Um, star back up. No surprise to anyone. Uh, Max, he texted in his, his pro comp he was getting from, as he's recruiting uh, status profile was Josh Allen. So I hope, you know, that's not the case. And I'm sure, you know, there's always reach for the stars. But a talented guy, whoever, regardless of who's in there, it's just the lack of experience for stars and there are guys of who could be playing. Um, that's where I'm at. Sam, anything that sticks out to you about this matchup? I just don't have hope. Okay. Oh <laughs> uh, they are. We are four point underdogs here to Penn State. Um, I, I kind of got into it. I would just say 
avoiding mistakes because we talked about they lead the Big Ten in pass breakups, so they're very aggressive defensively. Um, receivers, you got to get some sort of separation, or the ball's got to be placed extremely well by whoever is playing quarterback for us. Um, I think you'll need to take shots down the field again against these guys. Uh, yeah, and then it's just can your offense stay on the field and consistently move the ball? Because I could see this getting very ugly for us in a hostile environment. Uh, PJ does not always do the best in highly emotional settings. Uh, I think back to Iowa night game a few years ago, the 2019 season of just sprinting out to Tyler Johnson when Tyler Johnson wasn't hurt, but he said that Tyler was hurt and then getting a penalty. So I don't think that bodes well for us. Um, I haven't loved the game plans the last few weeks, and uh, we don't have an extra week to prepare this time, so they don't either, though. So see, I just think that Penn, I trust Penn State to come out a little bit more fired up than us. Um, I don't think Franklin's a stellar coach, so I do think we have um potential to be a well-balanced team so given what i had said i will go into my score prediction here i think we start out hot but i think penn state makes adjustments and i just don't see our playmakers at receiver making enough plays this game to get the job done uh, before this season even started i predicted this as a loss now i'm going a little bit bigger of a loss than Probably would have thought going into this game. Don't have the over-under in front of me, but I am going to go Penn State 27, Gophers 13. So I do think Penn State puts this one away. I just don't like where the offense is trending. Um, no, Ethan is a wild card, so if he gets a start, you never know. Uh, he has lots of arm talent. He could be a big difference maker, but also getting your first start during the whiteout uh, might also be tough thing to see. So, um, yeah, that's how I feel. I'm not trying to be too down. I just need to see more from this team before I predict otherwise right now. So I'm going 27 to 13 Penn State. Oh, I, I'm actually really similar. The number I had was 27-14. Um, yeah, basically all the reasons you listed, I don't see us stopping them if our, goal, or our offense plays like they did. Or like they did this last game, yeah, not, nothing different. I don't think we'll have a game plan magically all of a sudden. I think a lot of this is on the coaches. Um, but yeah, normally I on paper I think we could compete, but no, I I they I think they're they're a better team or comparable to uh, Illinois. So twenty seven fourteen season. I had us winning this game. Um, I feel differently now just because the loss last week, the loss the last two weeks have kind of just shown, you know, what what we can do or rather not do. <laughs> um I think we lose. Um maybe we surprise you know, I I I'm hoping it's a closer game. And usually I feel like when we, when I do feel like I'm I'm at my lowest on the gophers is when they surprise us. So yeah. I will go with the loss too. Uh, I've got us losing twenty one to twenty three. Um the cover. I think it's it is a cover. Uh I was surprised by the number uh, looking at some of the matchups, it makes a little bit of sense. Um, just with Penn State's offense not being as great and our defense being better, um, but if we turn the ball over, I mean, you can't you can't play defense against your own offense. So I I don't know. I think the the big key is you know we're talking about the quarterbacks. Um, 
I could see us starting Tanner just because it's a it's a really tough environment to throw a freshman into his first game. But I really hope they've got Ethan at the ready that, you know, maybe we kind of phase him in. Or if at halftime it's just not looking good, just let him go. Just let him play. There's no point because, yeah, we've seen Tanner at his best and he's not. Plus, if he's not healthy with a head injury, that's, you know, not good. Yeah, yeah this is. So I, I did have us going eleven and one. This was the game we were gonna lose. That that's all out the window. The whole eleven and one thing, and I'm just kind of gonna have to go week by week here. I do still think we lose, but I think that it's gonna be a low scoring game. Um, I would go for any betters out there. I'd go for the under in this game. I do think our defense is able to bounce back, and I think that they'll be able to limit Penn State. I think that we'll be able to. Have control over Clifford. He's not the greatest quarterback, but I I do think that we'll be able to to be do well defensively. But we're just not going to be able to go through the air. We'll have to rely on Mo too much, and that won't be enough. I think the Gophers lose ten to seventeen. Oh, that is probably the first time in Sky Pod history that we have all predicted a loss. Maybe no, I think even against Ohio State, I think Shooty picked him in the upset. Uh, the Ghost with the upset one. So, not feeling the best right now, but I, I can't blame anybody. I can't blame us for... And we're not out of the boat. Our, we still bleed maroon and gold. We're still rooting for the Gophers to win, obviously. That's not what we're happening here. No one's rooting for PJ to lose his job. I think he can still do good things here. It's just... I don't know how you can hope for any better situation than what we had this year, but that's where we're at. Um... That being said, there was some great college football last week. Our picks didn't go great, uh, but the games were awesome, and we're about to win some money this week, so I would pay attention. We'll get started with the Sky Upod Parlay. Um, I'll kick us off, because I am 0-2 since we've done this a uh, format of each of us submitting a game. I think I really like this one this week, so we'll see. Kansas... Failed me for the first time. Missed it by a point last week. I have... Well, now I forgot who they play. So No, I don't even remember. Uh, I like 11 a.m. kickoff Saturday. They are a road team, but I like Cincinnati to cover the three and a half against SMU. SMU's been struggling this year. I think they just lost to Navy. They're on a three-game losing streak. Cincinnati hasn't been playing... The cleanest, but they've still been winning, and they're coming off a bye. I'm going to take Cincinnati minus three and a half against SMU. It does feel like, yeah, of like the group of five teams, Cincinnati is still, you know, with the loss of talent, they're still a really good football team. SMU's, you know, new head coach, stuff. Um, I can go next. Uh, I know I texted before. I was bouncing back and forth between two, um, but I, I definitely landed on one. I feel good about it. It's the there's always money in the banana stand game. We're going three weeks in a row. Oklahoma State plus six and a half hosting Texas. It's homecoming. It's at Boone Pickens. It's Quinn Ewers' first road game in one of the toughest environments. Uh, it's a, I think an afternoon kickoff. Pokes plus six and a half. All right. I like that. I like rooting for Oklahoma State. So, Bounce you go. All right, you know me. Um, I kind of like to keep it interesting. Look, we have a good, good game down here in the Louisiana area. 
LSU's in the Ole Miss Rebels. LSU is a two-point favorite in Death Valley. I think that Ole Miss goes in there and covers that. In fact, I think that they win the game. I got Ole Miss plus two. I'm scared of that one. That one feels like the like the Vegas trap way to I, – I say that. My, my picks haven't hit once yet, so – that one scared me though. Scares me. Um, so I was gonna go random and do some like mac action, but uh, I'll just I'll do the depressing thing. Uh, <laughs> I got uh, Penn State over the covers. Oh wow! Sorry, <laughs> yeah, root for that in one way. <laughs> oh my gosh! So you got root. <laughs> Why? Penn State minus four is what you're going with. I suggest oh another one, gosh. Sam, and then you can shoot it down. Yeah. Penn State, or I'm sorry, Penn. <laughs> sorry, not Penn State. Wisconsin, last I looked, was a that two was and a half it. point favorite over Purdue. I, I know it's Purdue, who you usually can't trust. This Wisconsin team just lost to Sparty. Oh, I, w- I was thinking the same thing, Kurt. But I'm much lost to Sparty. <laughs> they lost to Sparty in overtime. Um, all right, but I can't. I like respect. Do we really? I, I don't want to make root against the no, Sam. <laughs> if that's your pick, if that if you truly, it's your money. You that, that's it's, it's our money. money. Yeah, you really <laughs> think that's the one? I think it's a. Winner. I would at least have. I would go for the under. But hey, well, I don't know. It, All right. Sam, it is a. I guess and, it does give us a maybe a win-win situation, right? right if win, the win. Gophers yeah. win, yeah. we win. Yeah. If the Gophers lose, I just hope we get crushed. Let, let, let's Not, go with because I'm gonna right. be taking more depression if I was to put like money on them and then lose. Then it'd be like, all right, I'm probably off the next like five podcasts. Watch us, watch us lose by three on a last-second field goal. We're just like, what the. F- <laughs> <laughs> We're down by five uh, and kick a field goal. Uh, we're no, you know, there's no point. Jay likes the cover. Yeah, so, all right. You said you want Cincinnati covering or SMU? I want Cincinnati. Cincinnati, three and a half. All right. Oh. All right, so we got Cincinnati, three and a half points. And then we have Oklahoma State, plus six and a half. Ole Miss, plus two. Penn State, minus four. <laughs> All right, that's We're the Skyu Pod Parlay of the Week. Man, no one's going to listen to this again because they don't like rooting against the Gophers. But there are other great games this week. Um, we're going to pick them for our records here on the podcast. There's so many good 11 a.m. games. It's kind of insane. Um, this is a Big Ten matchup, so we got to pick it. Iowa traveling to Columbus to take on Ohio State. Both teams coming off a bye. Ohio State is 29 and a half point favorites. Holy crap. Such a big number. I don't feel good taking any either team. I, what was the score of the Michigan game? Iowa and Michigan. I'm going to look at that really quick. And that's what I'm going to go off of. No, Iowa was home. I think it was like a 24-ish. 27-14. They lost by 13 at home to Michigan. I think they lose by 25, but cover. I guess I will take Iowa, plus 29 and a half. I don't feel good about that at all, though. Yeah, I... I have to... 
Yeah, I'll I I'll take the Buckeyes just because I feel like they've been playing out of their minds on both sides of the ball. I just I don't know I don't know how Iowa's gonna score. Like Yeah, that's it a, could that's be like a thirty seven to three. That's the crazy know. thing. It, the the Buckeyes are twenty nine and a half point favorites. The over under is forty nine. So they're not right. expecting yeah. points from Iowa. Which, yeah. They Normally that favors the underdog because it's like they're more likely to just there's less points to play with. But I don't know. I mean, Iowa's defense is good, but Ohio State is. Oh yeah, their their home. secondary might just get torched. Like it could be big play barrage from Ohio State, and it could be twenty eight nothing after the first quarter. So yeah, if I was Iowa, trick plays like every play. <laughs> I would every just play punch. is it. I just think punt. every play is a trick play from Iowa. They just don't they don't know what's gonna happen either, especially when they call a pass. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like surprise, we ran for three yards. We did something yeah. right. I can't talk because we just threw for thirty eight yards in an actual big ten yeah. game. Oh, that is insane. That was that was the one stat I was gonna throw out. Our wide receivers combined as a wide receiving core had the one catch for four yards. Oh, that's pretty bad. That's it's actually like unheard of bad, but we're fine. NFL previous NFL wide receiver too. Wow, what a shame! That's the biggest failure under PJ is not capitalizing on the success on that 2019 passing season, especially because outside of Purdue, that's what could differentiate you among your biggest competitors. But I've probably bitched about that enough. So okay, uh, I have oh, Iowa. Right Spencer is Iowa. <laughs> Next to Ohio State, Sam. Who are you taking? What was the spread again? I'm gonna be honest. I kind of zoned out. Twenty nine and a half. God damn. It's um, Ohio. Good. I'm gonna take Ohio State. It was right. twenty nine or so. It's kind of trending up. So. Take Ohio State. I don't know how. How are we gonna score? I'm not taking. I'm not putting money on that at all. Um, no. Um, that was gonna be my sky. You pod one. Of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> There is uh, another great 11 a.m. kickoff game. Syracuse traveling to Death Valley to take on Clemson. Two undefeated teams in the ACC. Clemson is a 13.5 point favorite. Gotta go Clemson. Um, I've been impressed with Clemson for most of the year. I think they have a lot of that mojo back. I think they are a team that you can write in pen that is in the college football playoff. I don't see how they don't make it. Obviously, if they drop one, but I just think they got that. I think they got their mojo back. So I'm taking Clemson to cover the 13 and a half points. Um, I I I think Syracuse is the toughest team to figure out right now. I don't. I feel like I never see them out outside of that dome this year, but they are outside of that for this game. I, it just feels like if Clemson can just key in and make them one dimensional, then it's not going to go well for them. So give me Clemson to cover. I got Clemson as well. Um, good for Purdue. I'm sorry. Good for Clemson. <laughs> Syracuse. I mean, they did something that the Gophers couldn't. So yeah. I got to give them credit. Um, but this is different. I think Clemson, they're not what they used to be, but they're definitely a great team. Uh, I don't think Syracuse can go in there and, and make something happen. So I got the Tigers. So the Orange, just I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. Hopefully they can keep it. You know, 13 and a half is a big number for, I think the total is like 50 or something. Um, I don't know. I I kind of joked about it like last week, you know, Syracuse in the dome. It's just a different animal. 
they are now they're going to Clemson. Like, I don't know how their offense will perform. They do have a really good running back, uh, but their defense, I feel like, is pretty legit. Um, so hopefully they can keep it, you know, within 10. Texas going the orange. Back I should have bet him last week. I talked a lot of crap last week about him, and I didn't bet him. And then I <laughs> I was mad when they actually won big. So, yeah, been wrong a lot. So I'm going to go get I'm going to go with uh, Syracuse. All right. I really don't think Clemson's all the way back, but also I do think they're good enough to beat them by two touchdowns. Man. But nope, we're, we're going to go with Syracuse. Syracuse is going to cover because it's just going to be one of those college football games. Okay, and this is the game I, well, now there's a game that we have money on that I will also be watching, the Texas-Oklahoma State game. But this one is also a 2.30 kickoff. UCLA visiting Oregon. Oregon is currently a six-point favorite. It's tough. I'll go. Listen, it's a really tough game, especially going to Eugene. Oregon's kind of been that staple of the Pac-12, as we know. Um, But UCLA has looked really, really good. They're undefeated. Their offense is clicking. I would probably go with nail that over. Honestly, if I was if I was a better um, seventy one and a half points. Oh gosh, seventy is tough. I'd probably still nail the over. Um, I got to go with UCLA um, at least covering the six points. I don't know who will win this game, but I definitely think that um, they'll cover the points. So I got UCLA. Well, this was the this was the game that I was going back and forth on. I was almost going to have the over as my lock. Um, I just knew it was, it was way too many points to really be that confident in. But you look at both teams, great offense, not great defense. Uh, right. And just the, the points, you know, both teams have been scoring and giving up. It could easily be over 100. But I'm going to take I everything tells me it should be UCLA covering, even winning, just because they've played so good. But I feel like Oregon, ever since that Georgia game is, you know, Maybe they're not as bad as they looked. So we'll take the Ducks at home. Don't like it. but Man, that over is attractive, though, because UCLA, their lowest scoring game this year was 32 points, and that was against the, the South Alabama. Otherwise, they've been averaging over 40 points every game. I mean... So is Oregon. Like the, it, feels yeah, like the total, so, it feels like the total should be 80, but no one would touch it. <laughs> right. Like... Um, <laughs> Yeah, this game's probably a lock for the over. I got Oregon. Why not? I don't know. I have I have UCLA just because I think it'll be a closer game than six points. So I'm just gonna go with that. Um, I'm hoping could be it could very well just be a touchdown win or whoever wins it either way. So uh, I I think this is a very tough game. I I don't have really a a feel on this game at all. I just I want UCLA to win. Um. That's that's. Yeah. I guess I'll go with them. I gotta say, Pac-12 football—they haven't really been on the college football radar. But man, I love watching those games at night. There, they, there's been a lot of good football out of them, and the Big 12. Yeah. The two conferences that were supposed to do nothing this year—they've had a lot of entertaining right. football. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, outside of the Arizona teams and like Cal, Colorado, and Colorado, yeah, Stanford. Didn't they? But, did they just? Wait, didn't they just put the last beat, week? Stanford just beat Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, and then we will. Damn. How many games? Notre Dame. 
Yeah. Dang, Sam. Remember, I was like, do not pick Notre Dame. Do not, or do not pick Stanford. They have been so bad. And you're like, dude, I don't know, man. I think they might win. I'm like, don't pick Stanford. They have been garbage. I feel bad. It's all right. Um, Mississippi State is also at Alabama this weekend. Uh, both teams coming off a loss. Alabama is a 21-point favorite. Jeez, I don't know. After a loss is really scary to go against, but 21 points is also a lot of points. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with Mississippi State. Um, That's what Bama, I was don't trying get me to wrong. feel in. Bama's not, Bama is a great team. They always have been, but... And I know this is literally like just kiss of death. It's just like it's kind of pulling teeth because like they're a great team. And when I say that they're not the Bama that I know, that's not a knock against them because they have been so incredible. Um, I just don't look at this Bama team and I don't look at their defense and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is like the greatest defense i've seen i i watched that entire game will anderson was unnoticeable i was like looking for him the entire time tennessee had the ball did nothing he did absolutely nothing best defensive player in the country i don't know i I don't know i'll go mississippi state just because of the points i don't feel good about it at all saving after a loss at home seems like a terrible idea to bet against but um I think Bryce Long, Bryce Young, to me, proved again that he should be a Heisman finalist in that Tennessee game, just because I think Tennessee had a lot more playmakers than than Bama did, but he just keeps them moving down the field consistently. So, Bryce the Tennessee up. quarterback's pretty good too, man. Yes, he is. Oh like, yeah, I'm going Mississippi State. You say Sam. I like Young's composure. Yeah. He does. He doesn't see. He's like the opposite of Tan. Like, <laughs> not to. <laughs> Dig at Tanner again, but like he just always seems like even when like things aren't going bad, which doesn't happen a lot for Bama, he just still seems like all right, let's get this touchdown or let's keep moving the chains. Yeah. What's your pick, Sam? Mississippi. I, I got it. I just I, I really don't think this is the same Bama. I don't. They also might be out of that guy that was a starter. I'm pretty sure. It was, yeah, he's a starter. He uh, punched that one lady, that Tennessee fan, or hit her. Yeah, in the head. Stupid. Just stupid. I see another guy walking up too. <laughs> you know what? That's interesting, Sam. Last week you're like, Bama, Bama. I know. I feel like, bad. Yeah. You both picked. You both. Wait. Did, who did you? Did you have Tennessee, Spencer? Or did you pick Alabama last week? Oh, I picked. I picked Alabama. I'm talking about like our our betting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so right. sold on Bama. Just like. I just felt like it was like the opposite of the. I didn't want to touch that game. I didn't want to touch it, but Sam did convince me. He did say, "Like you know what, though, Alabama, Tennessee just always chokes." I'm like, "You're right." Well, Alabama, Emma was very close to winning that game in the end. Just that missed field goal happened with too much time left, so it went the other way. But right, what enough covered? We need a touchdown. I know, I know, I know. I just meant Emma is five feet away from being defeated. Right. Yeah, uh, that's a big number. But Tuscaloosa at night feels like Alabama's had a lot of success against Mississippi State. Um, I'll take the Crimson Tide. I think I think I saw Mississippi State had the player just pass away too. Yeah, I saw like that. Sad. Nineteen years old. Tragic. Really sad. Um, movie. One more. There's one more great game on. Uh, Kansas State 
at TCU. TCU is a three and a half point favorite. Oh man, State has been red hot since that loss. TCU's been red hot. They just had that huge comeback. Um, they are at home. I don't feel good about this picking against Kansas State, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go TCU because I don't think I've picked them all year to cover to be honest. But I'm gonna go TCU covers that three and a half at home. They get it done in a big game against Kansas State. Yeah, I agree, Kurt. I got to go with uh, TCU. I haven't really been a believer in them, but I think that they've been proving me wrong. They look really solid, so I got the I feel like I owe. I feel like I owe them one because I have not right. picked them. Yeah, I'm picking TCU too. Everything points to Kansas State. You know, TCU letdown spot. Kansas State's yeah. coming off a bye. But TCU... TCU feels like that team that can just, like, they're going to dictate the pace of the game, even though the defense isn't that great. But I don't know. I mean, we've seen Kansas State put up points, and they can run the ball really well, but it's Adrian Martinez. He's bound to, you know, have one of those yeah. games. So yeah. maybe this is that one. I This is another one, though, I really like the over. It dropped. It opened at 59, and it's down to 54.5. I think there's supposed to be, like, a lot of wind or something, but both teams like to run the ball, so it didn't matter. Yeah. Your... You all went TCU? Yep. I'm going to go Kansas because I like to be the contrarian. That'll do it for us, folks. That's another episode of Sky U Pod. Thanks for tuning in. Things aren't the best they've ever been for the Gophers right now, but they're also not the worst they've ever been for the Gophers. So a lot of season left. Keep your heads up. Keep them strapped on, your helmets and your fandom and anything else you need for safety. And, uh, yeah. Let's go get them. Sky, you want go, Ghosts. We'll see you next week.